0: Welcome to Give Me One Reason. This is Kathy Taylor, and I am privileged today to talk to... Mackenzie Harrow. M- yeah. Mackenzie, I'm so glad you were willing to talk with me. I am too. Mackenzie is a lovely student of mine who gave a beautiful eulogy today about her grandfather. And I found out that we have something in common in that we both have a Lebanese background. We do. That made me so happy. And neither of us really looked no. like it. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Don't. So her grandparents
1: are both from Lebanon... Just my grandfather. Okay. My grandmother is Irish,
0: 100%. Oh, wow. Okay. So then I come from a Norwegian and Lebanese heritage, so I was just really excited. I'm kind of partial to that. So um, anyway, well, thank you, honey, for willing willing to join me. Um, Let's just start. As you know, this podcast is about um, Gen Z, millennial people that... um, just their thoughts about doubt and faith and their journeys and kind of chronicling your spiritual journey and what you have to say. And you said you'd like to talk to me. So let me start with asking you about your background and where you come from. Um, well, my background was I am born and raised
1: in Oconomowoc and I went to a Catholic school, although I am not Catholic. Mm-hmm. I am First Congregationalite. So when I was in elementary school, I was always having to deal with being kind of the outcast in a way at church I wouldn't be able to take communion and there were different things that I was left out of because of that Mm -hmm. so and then um I was homeschooled for two years and went to a public school middle school and I went to church growing up however my mom never really felt connected with the church that we went to they um kind of, they weren't traditional in the way that she wanted it to be, so I never struggled with my faith in that aspect, but just having a community, I never really, I never really had that, Mm -hmm. and I never really had an enforcing figure except for both my parents, who would preach religion to me, Mm -hmm. and the beliefs of God and Jesus, so I guess that's my background Mm -hmm. in that sort of realm. And where do you feel like you stand now? Well, after coming to college, I kind of um, felt like I had to strengthen my relationship. So I joined a Baptist Bible study, which was very new to me. And in the first few meetings, I met a woman and I connected with her. However, it was very, she came off very, I'm trying to think of the right word. Strong And she made me confess that if I didn't put all my faith into God and Jesus and I wasn't saved, which in the Baptist community Mm -hmm, they really mm -hmm. believe in, I would be going to hell. And I basically said this to her in a conversation I had with her. And it was very hard for me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in that moment I kind of was taken back and I just didn't really... I I felt dirty. I felt. You mean you prayed with her
0: or Mm -hmm. you said those words that she like can repeat after me. I'm a sinner. And yeah, it was that. And And it made you feel dirty.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I, I remember walking to the library and crying and I called my mom and she's like, don't believe that you don't need to be saved. You've, Mm -hmm. you've already been saved. Mm -hmm. But then when I was in the library and I was trying to do homework, but I said I was, this was going on in my mind and I was like, oh my gosh, she's, she's. She has a point. Like Mm -hmm. you do have to accept the fact that if it weren't for Jesus, Mm -hmm. you won't be saved. Mm -hmm. So I think in the way that she said it it was very hard for me to take. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people that would be automatically just, they would hear that and shut down. Mm -hmm. But for me, since I had faith before, I, Mm -hmm. I listened and I had to listen internally as well to myself. About what she was actually saying. So, I think a lot of people today struggle with that because if I wasn't a believer to begin with and she would have said that to me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I would have been like, That's that's a whole bunch of crap. Like, mm-hmm. you're saying that I'm going to go to hell. You're saying, mm-hmm. and she was describing what hell was. Mm-hmm. So, the way she said it, it was. You mean like hard fire me. and yeah. hot and yeah.
0: tortured forever? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, after that, um, you know, I. I went to the bible studies and i was involved and in over um you know talking with them i i started realizing things and this um spring break my mom and my family and i we actually went to noah's ark mm-hmm. and it just kind of solidified my belief
0: oh you mean the, the recreation, mm-hmm, the recreation okay. of noah's yeah. ark Uh
1: Kentucky. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. and um so but then what at like for like what super really like solidified my belief was that in January um, I was struggling with my faith, and i don't tell much many people this, but um i uh, was I have a diary, so I was writing in it, and i um was praying that there would be I don't know if you have to It's okay. I mean, like a solidifying epiphany moment where it would reaffirm my belief. So, Like you were
0: asking God to yes. reveal himself to you yes. in a the and way that you know.
1: Yes. Okay. So I was praying about it, and I wrote about it in my diary. And um, it must have been, honestly, the next day. It was January. Um, I, my uh, boyfriend was out of town. He went on a ski trip and then it was my first time seeing him and uh, I went over to his house and on the way back from his house, we got into a car accident. Thankfully, both of us had only minor injuries and we came out walking but we were hit by a semi in Mm. his small BMW. Mm. And the chances of that, of us walking away from that, Mm. were very slim to none.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, I suffered um, a concussion, but also memory loss from it. Mm. So like, I can't really, like everything that I know about the accident basically had had been told for me by him or my parents and I don't even remember my time in the hospital and I looking at videos because they took videos of me I was I was lively I was talking I but I remember waking up the next day in my bed and I was like what happened and I I vividly remember my dreams though and that there was a tiger and I assumed I learned after that I had an Indian doctor and in my dream there was like an Indian man and he was my doctor and I also remember hearing a voice saying it's not your time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that was probably like the moment Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when I like realized and it solidified my beliefs
0: wow so you you probably had like a near death experience, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. You mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so basically with the car accident, it was we were coming home and all this I don't really remember. And mm-hmm. the last thing I truly remember is being on the highway and saying, Matt, look, it's it's our own little highway. It was on nine ninety-four and no one was out. And it was, it was eleven and my mom had been calling me, Come mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. So and you know, we were going, it was our own little highway. And the song, um, I think, Never Let Me Go was mm-hmm. playing. And then after that, I kind of disregard everything. Um, but there was a red truck, and it was stopped on the highway. And um, being good Samaritans, we pulled beside it, and no one else was on the highway. And um, there was a man in the driver's seat would head down, and he was unresponsive. And um, Matt, I, Matt, Said to me, I can't remember this, but he said to me, call nine one one, and I, I, he told me I shut down, I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. so we went behind the car and put on our flashers and we called nine one one, and, um, they said just, just stay tight, we're sending someone, and so we stayed behind the car with our flashers, and you know, you think the highway was completely dead, it mm-hmm. had been snowing that day, but the roads weren't an issue. And um then Matt saw in his rearview mirror a semi coming for us and it wasn't stopping or slowing down. So he reversed it and then gunned it into the ditch. Mm-hmm. So you would think that the semi wouldn't hit yeah, us. Yeah. It would hit either the red truck or hopefully go into the other lane. Yeah. But instead it came towards us and it went like in the ditch and hit us and we went at like oh a three sixty and hit the guardrail. Yeah, and then um, another semi came and hit the red truck, and it, like a few minutes after, it's like they weren't even seeing us or something. And then another one came and the tires blew, and that's when Matt said I kind of lost it um, by just screaming and saying, What's going on? What's going on? and then screaming and not being able to put two and two together. And um, so it. In that moment, I lost it. And I eventually, you know, I, I went to the hospital, got CAT scans, woke up the next day, couldn't remember it. But I had my mom and my dad and my sister and Matt putting it together for me. And um, I, this was a, two weeks before school started, or one week. So I took a week off the first week of... <clears throat> my junior my sophomore year second semester and then I came back to school and it was it was difficult but I knew I had to do it otherwise I would get into kind of a rut and um, I remember in my oh gosh my corporate health class I was sitting there and listening to the lecture and then all of a sudden I in the back of my mind I heard screaming and I was like I was reliving what mm. I did in the car with a mat saying what's going on what's going on and I remember him going holding my face and going baby 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 are you okay are you okay and so then that like happened to me so it's been little bits of flashbacks like that and but but the thing with all of that that happened is like my faith just got so much stronger and it just validated my faith so much more and I remember opening up to it with a friend and she was like saying how as much as she believes she needs a moment like that mm. and it, it it just kind of it, it just kind of hurts me to hear mm. that because you know you shouldn't have to have a moment like that mm. you know but in the fact that i I prayed for to have a
0: moment like that oh and then you got it mm-hmm. is it kind of like be careful what you pray for yeah I think? yeah kind of
1: yeah kind of but also in a way I'm so grateful and mm-hmm. I've and I've talked to my mom about it and I've mm-hmm. talked to Matt about it and I I wouldn't have changed it mm-hmm. for the world because of mm-hmm. how much respect I got out of like how much more I respect people because of that mm-hmm. and how you don't know what's going on in their mm-hmm. life and there couldn't be so much going on in their Hearts and in their minds, mm-hmm. and you have to respect that, and I can really sympathize with people now who have had concussions and who have had car accidents mm-hmm. and who people who are struggling with their faith because mm-hmm. i I've been there mm-hmm. and having a moment like that validates it, but the fact that people have to go through something like that, mm-hmm. that traumatic to have validation is is sad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very powerful, Mackenzie. Yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I know I have a lot of friends who are atheists, and um, the whole reason I started this podcast was my, you know, contact with that national atheist. I was yeah. on his podcast, and um, he's I love him. He's precious, but um, I you know when my son was dying of cancer, and he's to watch your four year old die, um for six months he was supposed to live die in a week, and he lived for six months, and to prepare him to die and to. Help him go through this, and honey, you're going to go to heaven, and um, it's going to be beautiful, because what else do you tell a four-year-old? It's yeah. going to be like Disney World, because we want to make a wish, and and then he doesn't die, and then he doesn't die, and he doesn't die, and and then he's tired, and you just want him to go, because he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be here anymore. And But I felt such a peace. like As I say those words to you, yeah. I, how did we go through that? How did that be just this thing we did? and my other children and wake up every day and love josiah and just help him die and Mm -hmm. be there for him as long as we have him and how did we do that well i'm sorry but the only thing that got me through that for me was my faith yeah and i uh it's so personal and it's so emotional and then he does he dies he becomes brain dead Mm -hmm. and we go to sign papers you know and um he woke up. Well, it wasn't good news because his tumor had overtaken his brainstem. Yeah. He had breathing tubes. What are we going to do with them? And I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know. Well, then it all made perfect sense. A new surgeon had come, You know, and if he would have died the six months before, that surgeon wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. And looking backwards, it's almost like a perfectly written story, mm-hmm. right? But in the middle of it, it doesn't seem yeah. like it. And so Every decision we made during those years were made by that, what do we feel in our heart? Like, What are we supposed to do? What are we led yeah. to do by some outside or inside unction? Yes, do this, don't do this. And it led to this kind of beautiful place. And I would argue that it, even if my son would have died, I had everything I needed yeah. to get through it. Because I've done funerals for people whose kids did die. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I prayed, God showed up, and we got a miracle. It was just, I reached out, I felt supported through whatever hell I went through. Mm-hmm. And it was so real to me, it's hard to deny it. And to take that out of my experience, I'd have to take all that that sense, that validation you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't want to live without that. Yeah, It's amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: And it informs my life now. It's not that my I wouldn't still love people. Do, you'd still be a kind person, yes, Mackenzie. Yes. I bet you were really sweet and kind before you had that prayer with that yes. lady. And I, just to go on record, I totally disagree with that approach at this point in my life. But it doesn't mean that God's not real to me. Yes. I hate the way he's represented. I hate that hell is even an issue. Um, and I'm sorry that was told to you. The other day, the protesters, I almost lost my mind. Yeah. Um, they were saying in their megaphone to the students on campus, you know, you will go to hell and if you have an abortion, you're worthy of the death penalty and um, you know, hell is hot, and yeah. oh my gosh, I got involved. It wasn't pretty, but um I hate that, yeah, and I just think that has nothing to do with God, yeah, but it's people trying yeah. to make sense the best they can, and I can only go by that. What I sense in my heart, and it's it's hard to articulate, it isn't it?
1: Yeah, so it's very hard to articulate. Because you said in class,
0: you said, and you know, after class, you said, I want to talk about it, but it's gonna be, it's hard, it's hard for me to say. You did a beautiful job, but uh, it is really hard to articulate. Why do you believe? So somebody wants to pinpoint you, Mackenzie. Why do you believe in God? Why do you believe in Jesus? Uh,
1: Well, I would say I, like, and when I was sleeping after the accident in my bed, I. I saw it. I saw him. I heard him, and Jesus. And people can say, "No, that was stress," because I've been told that. But I, it's not. Because mm-hmm. I've been stressed before. <laughs> that's not stress. Because I woke up and I was so at peace, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I I didn't even know what happened. And
0: I was so happy. Mm. My sister has videos of me just giggling. And oh, honey, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I um. I wish this is a podcast, but. This is the first time I've done one of these interviews that I wish it was on video. Your face just saying, your face was glowing when you said that. You know, yeah. And um, again, I just have to go back to, to Josiah. When he died, yeah. they said he was brain dead. And when we got up there, he had woken up for some reason, was their explanation, that the pressure was changed in his brain when they intubated him. Yeah. But he went through a brain surgery two days later. When he came out of that, where they could take the tubes out two days after that. He said, Mommy, I want that light. Mommy, where's that light? Where's that light? And he got so frustrated and so upset with me. And we were in an intensive care room, so there's all kinds of lights, you know, different things. And I'm like, what, honey, this one? And he's like, no, Mom, I want, where's that light? And he was almost in tears, like, I want it back. Well, then he had a second brain surgery a week later, which left him unable to talk to us for three years, three years. He couldn't breathe, talk, walk, or swallow. He didn't eat. He was had feeding tube and he was on life support, and we didn't hear his voice for three years after that. But that few days I heard his voice. He sang his Barney song. That's how old he is. So he's 25. So that was back in the day when Barney was a big deal, and he told me about this light. But when he was nine and he was better again, we went to a funeral of a little boy that he had prayed for, that he had played with. And I remember my biggest fear was like, oh, how do I explain this to him? You know, you're not special. It's like God loved you more. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. he, and I was worried. He'd be like, I don't understand, Mom. Why is he dead and I'm here? And you know what? I was prepared to, like, try to come up with some answer. And he looked up at me and he goes, Mama, do you remember when I was going to die, but it wasn't my turn yet? Oh, and I said, yeah, honey, I remember. And you kind of said that. You know yeah. that thing, that voice said to you, it's not your turn. Yeah. And then someone sent me something the other day. They sent me a video of people that have near-life experiences. Two things occur. A lot of times they see light. Yeah. But the other thing is they come back with this realization that it's not their turn. Yeah. And they said the reason this person was there, they're interviewing said, I have this innate understanding that it's not my turn. And I was grateful for that because otherwise I would have wanted to be there so bad I would have killed myself to get back there. But I knew I wouldn't do that because it wasn't my turn. Yeah. Well, then I thought, wow, that's what adults are saying? My four-year-old wasn't prompted by anybody, hadn't watched any YouTube videos, yeah. to say, where's that light? And he wasn't prompted at nine years old to say, remember when I was going to die, but it wasn't my turn. Yeah. So I thought, Wow. His experience lined up with that experience, which both of those things line up with the same thing, right? Yeah. So I've had skeptics tell me, oh, well, when you die, your brain, you see light. Mm-hmm. It's just a brain thing. Yeah. But you weren't there when you heard my four year old in tears yearn. It wasn't like, oh, I saw a cool light. It was, where is that? Yeah. Whatever it was, he wanted it back. Yeah. And so, when you tell me to put aside a belief in God, you're telling me to throw out some of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Yes, the most hard and the most difficult, but, but things I wouldn't trade. Does that resonate? Yes. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Oh. I'm really proud of you. And maybe could I. Could I suggest it? Maybe God has revealed himself to you in such a special way. And most of my podcasts aren't going to have me preaching or encouraging the one. But because he knows, he, he's given you a special kind of love to love other people and show what it's really about. Yeah. I believe that's why this thing happened to me. I believe Josiah's story happened to me because God knew I had a big mouth. Okay, And that I'm not going to shut up about it 22 years later. 20, 21 years later, I'm still not shutting up about it because it was so real to me. And I think I was given it as a gift, and I literally wouldn't change it. And somebody says, well, it's terrible. You'd want your kid to have cancer? You know what? I don't think he'd change it. He would fall in love with you, by the way. He's really (laughs) adorable. He's 25 going on 12, and he's just the most innocent, sweet heart I love to bring him to school. Yeah. Um, he ends up getting all the girls' Facebook. <laughs> everything I love, he kind of loves. So um, he'll probably forever be with me. He does get seizures now. Yeah. But um, he's mm-hmm. just precious. But Oh, Mackenzie, <laughs> thank you, honey. Thank yeah. you for sharing with me, and thank you for being brave. And um, yeah. I have to say, Mackenzie's this beautiful, shy girl in the front row, <laughs> and she knocked her speech out of the ballpark today it was beautiful homage to your grandfather oh i could tell it was very obvious she practiced so thank you sweetheart i appreciate it okay i don't
1: know if you want to be a oops